Welcome everyone. Thank you so much for joining for our Battery Insiders podcast. We're here live from Berlin from the Future Battery Forum. We're really delighted to be here and I'm delighted to have two fantastic guests with us from Blue Solutions. We have Sriram and Richard. Hi Simon. Hi Simon. Good to see you and you're well done already yesterday on the stage. So, you know, nice performance there. It was great to hear already a bit about the solid state. But now for our listeners and our people watching on YouTube and all these other platforms, we want to go a bit into the topic. Because solid state is all the rage. It has been for some time. It keeps coming up. But, you know, it sounds like there are exciting developments. So we want to go into them a bit more. So maybe let's start very simple. What is solid state? <laughs> it's, a, it's a question that we can answer very, uh, in this very simple matter, you know. What is a battery? You know, a battery is a, is a, is a body, it's something that has two components, a plus and minus. Because you generate, you know, electricity. Everybody will think that you have a plus and minus. And in between, you have two electrons that have to move around. And in between, there is what we call electrolyte. And the battery of today, the electrolyte is liquid. In the future, the electrolyte will be solid. For us, the future is today, because we are manufacturing those kind of technologies since 12 years. And the electrolyte is solid. It makes battery smaller with higher density of energy. Okay, this is, that's why we are talking about solid state everywhere. We want box smaller, lighter, with a lot of energy. So this is what we call solid state battery. Great, no thanks. Thanks for providing this. And now let's talk a bit about how's the research progressing, how's been your journey, because again, solid state, we know there has been a lot of startups, a lot of companies got into this also more recently in the US, publicly traded, some of them, you know, having some challenges, all the other things. So but you have been on this I think for quite some time. And maybe you can just share a bit of your, you know, your development on this, the different steps, the hurdles you took to really start scaling this more as a product. Yeah, we are there since 12 years. 12 years of serial production of solid-state battery. So we have learned a lot. We have two plants in two continents running in parallel, producing battery uh, for North of America from Canada. The one for Europe is in France, in Brittany. Um, that's been a long, long road. Um, a bit difficult, but we are today at the third generation in production. Uh, we have millions, more than three million cells here in the park in Europe and some of them are in Africa, in Australia, <coughs> a bit in North of America but majority is in Europe and now we are at the stage that we are developing the Gen 4. What is the Gen 4? It's a battery that is running at 20 degrees C. It's a battery that has a fantastic, what we call C-rate, ability to charge in 20 minutes. It's a battery with high density. And when we speak about density, it means it's good to remember this, this nominal value, 450 watt hour per kilo. You know, it's very important data. People are talking about that. And we are there today. Our uh, pre-samples are reaching those data, okay? It's a, it's a fantastic move. You know, probably the thing that sets us apart <clears throat> from the other players is the fact that we started research a long time ago, in the 80s. You know, our previous CTO has made his first solid polymer electrolyte in 1987. Um, that's you were a, not born. 
I actually, I was born in 1987. <laughs> <laughs> so it was actually a long time ago. And then uh, lots of research, lots of trials. You know, we started production in 2011 and we produced 3 million cells as of now. That's a lot of learning uh, opportunities for us. Field, uh, we also make electric buses. So not only do we learn from the battery manufacturing, but since we exploit those vehicles, we have access to the data from those vehicles. We know how the batteries evolve over time. We know what happens after 10 years. And this gives us quite good intel on how to manufacture and design the batteries up front. That's very important as well. And I would like to add that it's, uh, of course, holistic understanding of the technology, you know, because the battery is not just, um, I mean, uh, uh, I would say material that you put together, electrochemistry. A battery is a smart system. A battery should have a lot of electronics embarked, a lot of brain into it, should be fully connected. On top of that, you say that 3 million cells, but it means that today we are already launching what we call the recycling. Because those batteries now, after 10, 12 years, they arrive at the end of the life, and we need to, what we need to do? We need to recycle them. So today we are able to recycle 90% of the lithium. Our battery and lithium metal, and we are able to collect 90% today. We are already there. And we are planning, of course, to do more. Um, but you know, uh, today I think with 90%, I think we could be quite happy. Now this is a fantastic number, 90%. You know, we have, uh, we decided to do this because we have a quite a unique uh, technology. You know, we are the only producer of solid-state batteries today, and we have an anode on with lithium metal, pure lithium metal. Uh, therefore, we don't have any current collector on the anode side, by the way. And it was very important for us to understand how to recycle this particular component, because recycling companies they have lots of expertise, lots of companies we can work with for the rest of the parts, you know, cathode, electrolytes. But for us, it was very important to find how to recycle this lithium metal and how we can anticipate, you know, all the regulation uh, requirement in, ter in terms of uh, re-injecting those uh, raw material in new batteries. And 90%, we could go, uh, go actually a little bit more if we want to, but not in the same conditions. Uh, it's a fantastic number, and people are really happy. By people, I mean our customers, the ecosystem. It's very important to have a circular approach uh, as of now, and we make sure we think about this upfront. Gen 4 is due to the market in 2029, and we anticipate uh, this uh, product technology and how to manage the product at their end of life. This is what I, I, I mean by the coherence. We have to be coherent on all the value chain. And I think the people that will succeed in the future, it will be a matter of coherence. Sustainability, yes, but coherence. From the mine till the recycling. If you are able to handle, maybe not control, but I would say influence in the positive way, uh, all the actors to be clean when you are at the mine. The way you extract the material is as much as important the way you will recycle. Because if you make battery to be clean and you go take the ground somewhere, the lithium in a dirty way, what is the coherence? So we need to work. That's why we have signed a lot of a partnership with a mining company in Chile. We are working with a US company. We are working with Canadian, with European company for the time being to be sure that the way we will extract the material we need is done in the clean way, in the sustainable. And technology is there for that. Because mining, they didn't sleep. They are working on it. But of course today, 
it's a bit more expensive to do it. But at the end, we know by scaling up this technology, we'll be okay to do that. And then we need to be sure that the refining after is clean. Using clean energy, you need a lot of energy to make refining of material. And you should not use coal. You should use that uh, hydraulic energy. Clean energy, you know, it's, uh, to be sure that you are... And you should use less with new process that are taking infinite less raw and less, I would say, uh, energy. The best way is to use nothing, but we cannot, okay? So then we have to use less and uh, in more respectful way. And maybe two quick follow-ups on that one, right? Because I think you brought up a few interesting points. One, very impressive, you know, on your experience and your learning curves, right, over the time and having the time. But of course, the industry also doesn't sleep, right? And there's a lot of, and even if you look at lithium-ion, like, you know, liquid base, et cetera, as improvements, we see announcements. And so maybe just one question, how do you deal with that, right? As a, as a company who's trying to establish it, like a newer technology, and you mentioned like Gen 4, which is very exciting. Yeah. I want to see more about Gen 4. So you, you shared also in previous conversation of interesting, um, you know, game aims and, and developments there. And I think, so one, like, you know, if you have like a, it's kind of, it felt sometimes for me from the outside also a bit like a moving target yeah. because you mentioned 2029 and now you're saying that's what we currently see the market is doing, but who knows what the others are doing in 2029. So that's one maybe question. And the second you brought up these materials, which I think is super important, this holistic approach you mentioned and chapeau to already think about recycling when you actually produce because often here's an afterthought. So I think that, that's really good to see. But I guess also the question there about because you're like still a smaller company compared to some other players, and we see it even OEMs now trying to, you know, virtually integrate, and even they have a challenge at this often, right? And yeah. I guess the question, how much do you think currently, as in, like as a company, you should really bother with everything? Like, or how, or can you really, not really bother, but can you actually go, how vertical can you get, or how much should you maybe get? Because you can, of course, and you can spend the time, but what's kind of the balance you're trying to, you know, have here on, on that topic. It is, you, you raise <laughs> a lot of very, very fundamental points for, the, the, for our, I would say, business. Uh, battery is a complex and sophisticated product, right? Then, of course, we need raw material. Uh, we need uh, to be able to make the assembly of it. We need to be able to put inside the car. We need to have the electronics that manage it. Um, but you say something very important. Uh, you have other layers with uh, lithium-ion. They will be there. They are there and they will be there in the future. It's clear. For mass market, lithium-ion will be there for a long time, at least for 2035. After it will change, because we are talking about Gen 4, but we are already launching the Gen 5, and even thinking about the Gen 6, because the only way to be competitive is to be creative, innovative. You will not fight against the, the, the super mega champion of Asia with traditional battery, okay? You have to come with something that is a breakthrough. This is what we are proposing. We are not targeting 100% market shares. You know, if solid state is doing 15% market share of the total need in the world in the future, it will be very good. We will talk about several terra, I mean, waters. Then it will be fantastic, what per hour is. So then we will, have a big diversity. I said that yesterday in my intervention, a lot of diversity will be there. Solid state, lithium-ion will live together, but the solid state will be used for specific purpose. Very high density, it will be used for trucks, 
buses, commercial vehicles, it's machines. You need a lot of energy. You need sometimes machines that run 24 hours a day. So you need those type of battery. The sports car, you have a lot of premium vehicles in the future that will be replaced. Their ICE internal combustion engine will be replaced. So they will need to come with very sportive solutions. You will need to have a very fantastic battery inside. This is our batteries. We will not go to mass market, I think, before 2035. I think maybe you can uh, give your point of view. Yes, I think um, <coughs> the, the point you raised, Simon, uh, when we look at the different players uh, on solid-state batteries, they announce too quickly uh, a timing. They announce too quickly an SOP uh, timing. What we try to do on our side, you know, we've been talking about 2029 for many years already. We have a clear industrial plan in front of us. We have key milestones for the automotive validations. And very importantly, we do work with OEMs. We do work with customers that share with us their roadmaps, that share with us their platform plans. And this timing is driven by their willingness to start by the end of this decade, some platforms, a few volumes, starting by premium applications, solid-state batteries. Now, what you see, uh, the delays that you see in the market with the other players, is related to the fact that either they are formed as a spin-off of previous universities or research labs, and they don't necessarily have all the industrial background to anticipate the difficulties and the roadblocks that you can see on a scale-up phase. We did this once. We did this in the past. We are currently producing the Gen 3 uh, on Blue Solution side, and we know all the steps that are necessary so we can anticipate the roadblocks and we can work on that. Having a good vision on the industrial difficulty that you will face is quite important. And secondly, we are pragmatic people, pragmatic people. And we are not so small uh, either, you know. We, we have 450 people, 200 R&D, 50 PhDs, and um, 150, I think, uh, process-dedicated uh, people. It's a, it's a question of both product and process. And the chance that we have is that all those people are focused on Gen 4 as of today, but they brought the technology once to the market. And we are pragmatic people because we take the right compromises on the product. What some of the other players are looking into is either targeting too much in performances or too much in other uh, specific requirements, such as fast charging. Uh, some of them are looking for 5C, 6C charging rates. But when you talk uh, to customers and the OEMs, this is not the only point that's important for them. Of course, they want fast charging, but 3C is fast enough in, for the market. What they also want is quality levels, cost performances, and they want delivery capabilities that we demonstrated once. So what we announce, we, will, we plan to stick uh, with this timing and the industrial plan that we have in front of us. And 2029 is the start of a gigafactory for us that is aiming at delivering platforms and OEM cars. And, and I would like to add something that we will stick to our DNA. You know, the DNA of the company is to be able to make a battery that will be safe. First, you were mentioning safe, and it's becoming, of course, from the quality of the, of the product, but the quality of your process. And believe me, the, the safety, a big part of the safety is coming from the ability to have a capable process, repetitive reliable process. We need also to have battery that will be, I spoke about that before, we need to be sustainable. And I come to my point. 
my obsession to, to be able to be consistent, consistent, consistent. And also we need to make smart product. And smart product is the product that will be able to recycle. It's the product that will be able to produce near the customers. Uh, with a small company that we will have a human-sized company that people, new generation of big talents will be happy to work with. And that is what I call the smart side. And also we will need a very connected and powerful electronics with twin digital technology. The battery you will use, the lifetime of the battery we will uh, have will be reflected by a, a big part of it, not just by the electrochemistry but with the way we are using it. So it means that we need to be smart. We need to know where are our battery. So let's think of, of, uh, about metaverse world, where you see your battery, where you see how they are used, that you can control and connect it, and help the user in the smart way to use it in the best way. We need to go until there. So the battery is not just ground that we go dig for raw material, it's also a lot of world of virtual world. It's, it's, it looks very strange, but this is a big part of the future. <coughs> and to add something, uh, we need to develop battery, but we cannot develop alone. We have a partner. You have heard maybe that we are discussing with Foxconn. We have a GDA with a BMW. We have orders that I cannot disclose today, but they will be soon public. And uh, the idea is to work with automotive people, to work with them. Foxconn, it's, it's, the target is to develop together battery for two-wheelers in Asia. We have a BMW, it's for the premium cars. Uh, we have other partners that help us to integrate battery for the trucks. You see, we are not working alone. And we don't want to work alone. What we will develop, it's because there is a need, there is a customer behind, because they know the field, they know their customer and the end user as much as we know, but we will trust them much better than the others. So everything we will do will be on our principle, safe, sustainable and smart, but working with our customer from A to Z. In terms of um, supply chain for the second part of your question, we are open to different business models. We are open to partners, partnerships. I think it's very important you mentioned that before, we cannot do everything by ourselves. Okay, so we need to choose our battles. We know our competencies. We know where we can make a difference. And then the rest is choosing the right partners in the right locations, the right customers uh, that will help us and help the industry bring solid-state batteries to a successful, like you mentioned, 15% of the total market is already potentially a great achievement for this technology. We talk probably in a 15 to 20 years timeline. If we go further, of course, it will be a higher penetration, but 15% is good. And to make this happen, the right partners in the right locations. And, and when you speak about the business model, we need to be nimble. Uh, some of our customers, they will ask to license. Then let's do a license. Others, they will ask, sales, battery sales, then let's produce battery sales alone or together or with other partners, no problem. Do you want battery pack with BMS, complete system, super BMS? Then we do it for you because we have done it and we will improve it. Then we will do alone or with partners. We are very uh, op open in that no dogma. 
we will try to really adapt and to remain agile in this, uh, you know, it's erratic, the business nowadays. Everybody is running to everything. So we cannot impose. We will adapt ourselves. This is our job to adapt to the customer needs. We will anticipate it every time because without anticipation, we have no, I would say, good execution of our strategy possible. But we will do in this way, and this is a part of all the employees. Of uh, you mentioned 450 employees for the time being, but we will raise very quickly with a lot of engineers, technicians, uh, PhDs, and brilliant people that maybe have no such diploma, but are just brilliant. We need talents. This is very important what you say because um, we are battery manufacturers, and the timing we mentioned before, 2029, is to launch our own gigafactory. Now, you mentioned this before, we don't want to break all the relationships that exist today between OEMs and their suppliers, battery manufacturers, and we don't have the ambition to become the sole solid-state uh, supplier of the complete automotive industry. So if there is a long relationship existing already in place between an OEM and the battery manufacturer, we are op open to licensing our technology and they can integrate Gen 4 in their own gigafactories to deliver the OEMs. So this is um, kind of discussions and partnerships that we are already putting into place as of now um, because everybody is looking into solid state batteries. And they are not expecting one guy to supply the complete market. They are expecting nimble uh, approaches. They are expecting open-mindedness in the business models. Well, thanks for sharing that. And also, I think yeah, it's exciting to hear these partnerships you mentioned, right? Also looking at Tweed as, of course, one of the really big topics on decarbonization needed, also on a global scale. Um, also, I think, you know, aut automotive OEMs have been a big push, I think, also in Europe, I think, for solid state. And then some of them got a bit worried, right? Like a bit more concerned with timelines because risk averse, which is fair enough. And, and you know, there's, there's good reasons for everything there. Um, but I think now we have seen a lot of solid state was more for like electronic devices, smaller, smart watches and things, which of course is fair enough, but of course you want to go for the big things. So it's exciting to hear that, that you're pushing on this and that you're getting these partnerships in place. Also, I think interesting I think observation on that, we have a lot of discussion at the moment, right? Like as you mentioned, like what are the real business models for the future for batteries? And, you know, companies like yours who might be, and there's other companies out there, right, who are very focused on the IP on the development and then maybe just become a bit like what we have seen for chips, right, like fabs and like you have other players developing for you. I guess one interesting topic will be, you mentioned like other people going to build factories, there's always a discussion with retrofitting or that actually solid state is one of the things where actually, and I know you have some very special processes there you cannot talk <laughs> about, but I mean these things of course is a bit more, you know, unique let's say compared to others, so it's a bit harder maybe you actually have to then commit again, so you need, but this happened for chips as well, right, where companies are committing to develop and produce for you. So I think, but I, I like the openness and I think that's it's important as well, and a bit of humbleness, which I think also speaks through this, right, to say, we will see what makes sense in every day. Absolutely. And we're not dictating the market. We're here to serve the market at the end of the day. You know, we, we speak, um, we speak uh, with the industry, uh, with the partners, and what they usually tell us is that it's important to understand the complete uh, development phase, but also the industrialization phase because everything is related. I told you we have as many process people than R&D research guys. <clears throat> and that's very important because when you hear that, for example, people have or technologies could be dropped in in an existing process or an existing gigafactory, this is not necessarily uh, the feedback we get from those gigafactories. 
even if you change the slightest part of, of your product in the manufacturing phases, this has a huge impact uh, on the process, on the validations, and you need to spend so much time and money into readapting the manufacturing line it's that it's not very uh, practical nor real to have a drop-in solution. You need to be dedicated to a product, otherwise you will not be able to, um, in our point of view, achieve all the key KPIs related to safety, quality, and delivery capabilities. And I think also, I mean, of course, very much like what you also brought up about the talent and trainings, and that's one of, you know, Vetra MBA, I mean, if we had these discussions, and very fortunate you also have been in there. And, yeah. um, and I think also, as you said, like, you know, bringing other people from other industries in, I think getting this expertise, this sort of exchange happening, other process experience, and bring this into the sector, and also having this holistic view, right, what you mentioned earlier, run the raw material, through the production, through the use, through the recycling. Um, maybe one last kind of question just on the European perspective of a supply chain for solid state, right? Because we spoke about this also yesterday and today in the gigafactories and how important these clusters can be, that you have things in proximity, there's co-development, there's innovation happening. Um, for you as a player, right? So I guess for you, how would you see this? Like how important is it to have like a local supportive industry and maybe also you mentioned, you know, don't have to be the, and you don't plan even to be the only one, right, dominating a market. It's really about having different options. So how maybe important is it that there's also other successful solid-state players in Europe next to you? Absolutely. So you can really build a proper ecosystem. Um, you know, we work with an OEM, German OEM, um, and they decided to start working with us, even if they have a first supplier that they invested in in the past. But this is a pure... Uh, automotive approach and mindset where you need more than one supplier to make sure that you can have a backup in case of issue but that you can also manage all the cost and roadmap development with this ecosystem. So we really want uh, the competitive landscape to be uh, more dynamic. We will try actually to raise um, the solid state players by supplying one of our uh, technological bricks, the lithium metal anode I talked about earlier, we will supply that to other battery manufacturers because we noticed that it is in their roadmap. They would like to have this brick in the future because it is the highest uh, energy density, gravimetric-wise, um, so they would like to have that, and we'll provide this. By doing this, we help the competitive landscape to raise, um, and this will help our technology to get in the market because only if you have a strong supplier ecosystem can you make sure that the technology is going to come uh, into reality in a vehicle. And then um, we try to work, for example, with the recycling companies. We try to work with the mining companies to make sure that when we start, um, the ecosystem is there. It's a huge question, it's a big point that you raise, um, the supply, the value chain on solid-state batteries. It's not in place today. It's not in place today. So what we want to do is to make sure that we put in place the right partnerships around us um, and we think circular. But because only if you have the raw material on the one side and only if you can manage the products at the end of life can you really bring something sustainable to the market. Yeah, and I would like to add that uh, when you go to the supply chain, you have uh, what we call a strategic raw materials. Strategics, they are there. Lithium lithium metal, <coughs> others are very important too, but uh, phosphate, uh, all this uh, basic raw material that you can find normally everywhere, but uh, 
you see um, most of the battery makers in many countries are supported by the government with grants, super grants, to make a gigafactory five years to make it, you know, when you decide to do it, and if you have the possibility to finance it, right? But to uh, open a mine, it's 15 to 20 years. And that is something that we have to work as industrial to, to make big partnership with minings. But I hope as well that uh, as we are doing for battery, uh, government in Europe will support that. They should have done that before. Because you see, 15 years, five years. Normally we should have started 10 years ago, you know, to be completely in line, to be uh, sequenced. Uh, today it's not the case. So for us, Luckily, we are using material that we can find quite everywhere. Even we are talking about lithium metal. Lithium metal is some, you know, lithium is everywhere. After, it's the problem of density. Yeah, you know, you will not find a big quantity everywhere. In Europe, lithium exists. In Serbia, in Germany, in France, in Portugal, many places we have lithium. It's just a decision, are we okay to extract, to have mine in Europe? This is another political question. It's not just economic. So when we speak about holistic approach, battery is not just industrial. It's a way, it's a consistence. We want clean battery, but we will have to open clean uh, mining, right? So that is something, it's a decision. It will be a decision per country, per region to do. Government will have to support that as well in terms of funding, because a mine, it's a long-term investment with sometimes success rate that could be 50%. Okay, it's a big bet on the future. So, and uh, Sriram says something, yes, raw material will be the core of the battle in one way, the other will be the talent. Talent, raw material, talent, raw material. And after you put that together, the ability to make a smart system, recycling, connected, usage, with a safety mode. So we are there, you see, everything is global. You cannot just work on the silo. Silo should be broken. We should work together. Fully agree, we will try our best to help on the talent side. <laughs> right here there, <laughs> and we, will, we, we will rely on you to build some great next-gen for batteries. So very much looking out for to see that um, shaping and, and progressing. So I really want to thank you both, Sigam and Richard, to, to join me today thank you, for this insightful conversation. You, and very excited to you know, see your progress and, and see you to check in how it all develops and excited to see this next announcements coming you in partnerships, etc. Thank you. It was a real pleasure to, to share our view with you today and with the, your YouTubers. Thank you. And yeah, thank everyone for listening in. For Battery Insiders, my name is Dr. Simon Engelke, founder and chair of Battery Associates, and hopefully see you very soon again on another one of these sessions. Thank you. Thank you, guys. See you. Thank you.